Welcome to BSD Talk, number 12. It's Tuesday, January 31st, 2006. For news, just quickly, the United Kingdom's Unix user group, Lisa Conference, will take place in Durham. And this will be from the 21st to the 23rd of March, 2006. And this is a conference for large system installations, people that manage really large networks with a large number of systems. And this year, they're also planning a series of talks on the BSD family of operating systems. So head over to the www.ukuug.org website and check it out. Today, we also have an interview with author, IT instructor, and advocate, of the BSD systems, Drew Levine. So let me go ahead and bring us to that interview. The talk, we're speaking with Drew Levine. And uh, just want to ask you some questions about BSD Unix and your participation in all these projects and the community around BSD. So maybe okay. you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, my name is Drew Levine, and I've, I guess I've sort of uh, been known as a BSD user for the past couple of years. I'm also an IT instructor and have been teaching since 1997. My interest has always been uh, BSD, so I always try to incorporate that into my teaching. And my latest project right now is helping to create a uh, BSD certification so students have something that they can write. What brought you to BSD or made you interested in the BSD operating system? Well, that's sort of an interesting story. Uh, I was a student myself back in the mid-90s and I was taking uh, networking and system administration courses and I'd already completed my Novell engineer and was halfway through my Microsoft engineer. So I was at the point where I was starting to look for jobs. And most of the jobs that sounded interesting kept bringing up the word Unix. So I said, well, this is something that I should be looking into. So I uh, did a Google search. And being a very poor student with uh, limited funds, I typed in free Unix. And the very first uh, hit was for freebsd.org. I went to the site and the documentation looked interesting. The price was definitely right. So I spent the next couple of days downloading 14 floppies worth of FreeBSD and managed to get my first install in. And from there, uh, being the stubborn sort of person that I am, I took the time to figure it out and discovered that I really uh, enjoyed the operating system and the way it was put together. There are a lot of versions of Unix, commercial Unix, and also free clones of Unix, such as Linux and the BSDs. Where do you see BSD fitting into that whole landscape 
you know, where is it going to go in the future, do you think? Well, if I was to be a psychic for a living, I would probably be a starving psychic. I'm not very good at looking in the future, but I am seeing some trends, and I think things have changed in the last couple of years. And when we're dealing with Unixes, especially the differences between commercial and open source uh, Unixes, we're dealing with different targeted audiences. So most of the people that are interested in open source are going to be your end user, your small to medium sized business, whereas the really large uh, businesses and say governments are typically interested in the commercial versions. When we're looking at the open source versions, I'm seeing trends where the shine on Linux is starting to wear off and people may be deciding to look elsewhere. And I'm also seeing the last couple of years that BSD um, is starting to get its marketing and promotion act together. So we're starting to see that this product is more sort of getting itself out of the uh, known secret say in research facilities but it's getting to be more into the public domain. So it'll be interesting to see in the next uh, two, three years um, sort of where BSD and Linux are fitting together. Is Linux still the popular one or is BSD sort of neck and neck with it? Now, from what I understand, you do a variety of training on a variety of subjects from security to operating systems. And you also do some BSD training? Mm-hmm. What type of uh, student do you normally have? Is it, uh, you know, university students, businesses, researchers? I'm just trying to get a sense of who's using BSD from yeah. the type of students you have. Well, I've worked in two different types of teaching environments. The original environment I was in was a small college and this particular college offered one and two year diplomas. And our typical student was somebody that was completely new to both networking and system administration. And we would take them at that level and over a course of a year or two, bring them up to a, a high degree of experience. And I found that I really enjoyed that type of environment because you can watch uh, the student grow as they learn things. Um, you can also, you have the time to give them a depth to not only learn the theory behind something, but to learn how to practice something. So I found that I really enjoyed that environment. When I moved to the second college, uh, this particular college does a lot of corporate training. So we're dealing with people that are already working. They already have their background. And what they want to do is, say, have a 40-hour session on uh, learning the details of a particular something. And I found it took me a while to transition to that uh, for two things. One is you had a mix of background experience. So you had to learn how to um, deal with people that knew some things, but you weren't sure what they knew ahead of time. and it was also, I found the pace, uh, you can only do so much from 40 hours, so it took a while to learn the pace. The typical BSD student, uh, interesting question from the corporate training point of view, 
anybody who goes through my class certainly hears about BSD, and a lot of them would love to have some BSD training, but we're finding that HR departments, or because I'm in a government town, there's a lot of government contracts, uh, if you don't have a piece of paper, some sort of certificate for them to write at the end, they don't see the business sense about paying for students to attend such a course. Is this what led you to start working with the BSD certification group or program? Yeah, it definitely was a lead in. And uh, again, I haven't taught since 97. BSD has already always been part of my classroom. My labs uh, always have BSD systems in them. And nearly every student I had to field the question, how come there's no exam that I can write for this? And I also found um, in the first college that I taught at, we did a lot of uh, job placements. We dealt with a lot of employers, a lot of HR departments. And again, uh, one of the things they wanted was people that were trained on what they needed, but they still wanted that piece of paper. So uh, one main reason why I got involved with the BSD certification effort. So what's the status of that effort right now? How soon will we be able to start taking BSD certification exams? Well, we were hoping to have an uh, exam launched this year. And what we're finding with the movement, when we originally got together, we knew we were going to make a standard. So we would be discovering all the things you'd have to do to make the test. Because one of the things we could have just done is put a test together put it online and have people write it. But what we wanted to do was to have something high quality and we wanted a sound infrastructure behind it. So we want it so that there are uh, official curriculums that can be taught to a certain standard so that we know that we are um, creating administrators that can do things to a certain standard. Other things that we want is um, possibly um, dealing with universities and colleges. We want to be able to deal with HR departments, uh, let them know that this is something that's available. So we're finding there's a lot of infrastructure stuff, and we've been concentrating on that. Because if we just make an exam and put it out and there's no underlying infrastructure, maybe 100 or 200 people will write it, and then it will fizz out. And, and that's the last thing we want to happen. Is your certification one that covers all the major BSDs, or is it specific to a specific version of BSD? What we did uh, last year is we started with uh, a task analysis survey, and the report's available on our website. One of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to see what was important to both the BSD community and to hiring departments because our mission was to create a certification for BSD system administrators. So we wanted to see what tasks people wanted to um, test in their BSD system administrator. The other thing we asked in that report is how should we cover the BSDs because there are uh, four major projects. Since then there's been two major desktop projects, so where would we go from there? After getting feedback from the community, we also did a usage survey and we had an internal vote within the group itself. We decided that we would start off with two exams 
and the exams. Because uh, what we found in the surveys was there was actually two target audiences that people thought were real important. And the first target audience that we decided to uh, start with is those with either minimal existing skills or those who want to get into uh, uh, a BSD system administrator environment. So one of the things we wanted is if we're dealing with people that are starting at the base is we wanted them to have a good understanding of how all of the projects work, uh, any differences between the projects, um, what's similar uh, between the projects. So we've decided for that exam that we would cover FreeBSD, NetBSD, OpenBSD, and DragonflyBSD. And for that exam, we actually have the exam objectives available on the website. And if you take the time to go through those, you'll see that most of what happens in system administration is pretty well the same regardless of the Unix, whether it's BSD, whether it's Linux, whether it's Solaris. The base is the same. What may be different is particular switches for a command. And what we're doing with the original audience is we don't want them to be gurus. We don't want them memorizing every switch out there, but we want them to have a fundamental understanding of what it means to be a Unix administrator. For the second exam, this one probably won't be out until 2007. And this one is targeted at a more advanced audience, somebody who is already working as a BSD system administrator, uh, has a couple of years experience, and wants to prove um, that he really has good skills. And for this one, we're thinking the best way to have uh, more of a hands-on exam. So right now, probably the closest one to think of would be the Cisco CCIE, where you actually do some sort of lab exam. And that's one of the things we're thinking of for this one. We're also thinking for this one, because you're already an existing administrator, you already have experience with your particular platform, maybe your um, focus is on security, maybe it's on internet servers. What we may do is have sort of a um, exam where you get to choose your platform and you get to choose your tools. And from there, show us that you can actually do something with these tools. Now that would involve setting up some testing centers across the world, I guess. Exactly. The other thing that we have found, and it's an infrastructure problem, and I'm actually surprised that no other group um, has done any work in this area, is most of the testing centers um, deal with uh, major organizations. The testing environment is completely Windows-based. It's proprietary, so no open source here, and it's also very expensive. And what we've found, we've always wanted to have a globally available exam, and something that may be available by North American standards is totally out of the price range when you get into other parts of the world. And one of the things we're looking at, uh, we've talked with the people at LPI, and this is something they looked at but decided not to go with when they launch their exam is to maybe come up with some sort of open source solution where we have our own uh, secure open source testing platform um, 
We have it under a license where people don't have to pay a proprietary license fee. That way we can control the cost and we can also control the testing centers as well. But then we're getting into infrastructure. We still have to set that up. Your organization is taking donations for this process, isn't it? Yes. All right, so I'd like to at yes. least encourage everyone to go help you help your organization out. Yes, please do. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, we uh, incorporated in New Jersey and the United States. We right now are pending um, 501c3 status, and if we receive that, that means we can issue uh, tax receipts for donations within the United States. And we're supposed to hear back from that within the next couple of weeks or so. Great. And right now, with covering four distributions of BSD, do you see that the BSDs risk fragmenting like the Linux distributions? You know, no. start, we're starting to see PC BSD, desktop BSD. Or do you think there's it's a much more controlled or tighter group of operating systems? I've always found that the BSDs um, have very tight integration. And one of the things that's interesting that's sort of known in the BSD community, I don't know how well it's known outside the BSD community, but most of the uh, core committers for each project, they know the committers from the other projects, and there is a lot of uh, code that is shared. One of the benefits we have with all of the projects is all of them use uh, CVS servers. So all of the code that has been created since uh, BSD was first forked out um, from the original Berkeley distributions uh, is there for anybody to see. And what we find is if a good idea starts in one project, you'll see within 6 to 12 months that that will also be incorporated in the other projects. So just as a simple example, uh, OpenBSD, which is uh, renowned for its secure architecture, has come up with some really good things. One of them is the PF um, packet filter. It's a type of firewall. And you'll see that that's now incorporated in FreeBSD. It's actually part of the base install. Package source, which is sort of NetBSD's jewel for installing packages, is available and works on NetBSD and FreeBSD. And it's recently been imported into Dragonfly BSD's base. So it's really, we find it's just a matter of time. If there's something really cool happening in one project, it does work its way to the other projects. Any other interesting or fun personal BSD projects you've been working on? I know you've got uh, some books out there and some publications. Yeah, well, uh, I found, even I love being an instructor and I like being in class, but I find that I probably spend 85% of my time doing documentation and writing, and fortunately that's something that I enjoy. A couple of uh, really cool projects, probably my coolest ones for last year is I learned how to make a FreeBSD port, and I really now have a great appreciation for the amount of time that uh, ports maintainers put in. I also learned how to make a PBI, which is a self-installer program, which is used by PCBSD, and I found that a really interesting process. And I'm finding in the last six months or so that I'm getting a lot of contracts 
um, because I do independent consulting and I have people that are creating uh, hardware appliances that are based on BSD have been contacting me to help write the user guides or perhaps to do a security audit. So I find that really interesting. It's nice to see which devices are being based on BSD and actually have an opportunity to, to do something with those products. Hopefully we can prod you into coming out with another one of your listing of BSD success stories. That was a great little publication that you had out there. It'd be okay. nice to see some new ones. Well, I'd like to, um, I have to think about a publishing model for that. Um, I'll have to talk to O'Reilly again. One of the uh, pet projects I've started uh, in the last month or so is uh, interviewing people who use BSD. Because I've always found uh, being a non-developer that what hits the media is the developers of projects. And those tend to be the names that we hear of. And I've always found that there is such a neat, underappreciated percentage of just regular users, regular admins, uh, people who do cool things with BSD. So what I've been doing is contacting all the people I know who do neat things with BSD and asking them if they'd like to be interviewed. And I'm starting to put those on my blog. So I guess it's sort of a ongoing series of BSD success stories. Great. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. You're very welcome. And maybe we'll catch up with you at a future time for some updates on what's going on in the world of BSD. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Bill. Bye. If you're interested in finding out more information about the certification program, you can find that group's website at bsdcertification.org. I'd also like to recommend picking up Drew Levine's book, BSD Hacks, which is published by O'Reilly, and you can get from their website or most major book resellers. If you'd like to leave comments on our website, you can get to the BSD Talk website at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T. I'd like to thank the people who are already leaving comments and sending me emails. I'd like to encourage people to send me any sound files that you may have. Record a conversation with somebody you know regarding BSD or some interesting BSD project, and I'd really love to play it on the show. Thank you for listening, and hopefully we'll catch you next time.